Want to discover how much money your email marketing can actually bring you? If that's the case, let our team of email marketing experts show you how. With our free email marketing audit, we'll conduct a comprehensive analysis of your email marketing efforts, provide you with action plan, and show you how to effectively segment and convert your audience. Simply go to flowium.com slash audit and book your audit today. Welcome to Email Einstein, a podcast by Floium. It's time to start honoring your inner marketing Einstein. Tune in for the data-driven tips that'll make you a marketing genius. Here, you'll find email marketing formulas and tips straight from the brilliant mad scientists at Floium. It's time for your emails to start earning more money. It's time to unleash your Einstein. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Email Einstein, the podcast by Floium. We are your hosts, Vera Sadlak. And Andrei Bojuk. And we are very, very excited to have you guys here today with us because today you guys are in for a treat as we joined today by Anthony Auricchio, the retention marketing maestro at Charity Water. So today we will be diving deep into the world of retention marketing, but specifically for non-for-profit organization. And who's the better uh, organization to have on this podcast than one and only Charity Water. Anthony, say hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. We're we are excited to have you. Yeah, we're big fans of what you're doing from email marketing perspective. I, I personally don't follow on, I'm not big on social media, but I do religiously read your all newsletters that you send out. So we're big fans. That's and so I... I follow you on like YouTube because your videos, oh my goodness, like such a big tearjerker for me, honestly, when I need that like emotional um, video or like emotional inspo, just like Google one of your videos. They are, you guys are doing an amazing job with your content and with emails. So we're like so happy to have you here on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, those, those videos, especially I see all of them. Like, I feel like we have new ones every single week and I have not gotten used to it at all. I feel the tears coming every other time. So I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Cool. Anthony, before we start talking about email marketing, retention marketing and marketing in general for non-for-profit, we would like to get to know you a little better, better. So it's like we have a few questions, this or that question. So it's very quick. So let's start. Uh, East Coast or West Coast? Ooh, I mean, I've lived on the East Coast all my life, so it, I couldn't possibly give any other answer but East Coast. <laughs> email or SMS? SMS. I mean, I know we're going to focus a lot on email today, but I've always just loved SMS more as uh, I, I just think you can do a lot of really creative, interesting things that you can't do on email. And maybe I'm just more used to email and saying that, but SMS. Uh, images versus plain text email. I got to go plain text. I know it's I know it's the big trend now, and I know Charity Water is, is known for its, its branding and everything like that, but... I, I love the plain text emails. A lot less effort, more effective. I see. Reading or listening? Reading. Reading. I, I just got back into reading for the first time in two years, and I'm, I'm remembering how to use my brain again. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's got to be that. What do you, uh, if you don't mind sharing, what, what do you read now? 
I tend to, to mostly go with uh, memoirs and nonfiction. I really need to hop back on the fiction train, but I, I just picked up this book that is just uh, selected absurdist writings from this Russian writer in like the early 20th century. And it's extremely weird and nonsensical, but it just lights up the right part of my brain, I guess. I see. And so here's a one weird question. The last purchase you made online. Ooh, a couple days ago, I got a Casio keyboard. I've been wanting to play the piano for a long time and I've been trying to learn and I just have like the piano app on my phone where it's like you have to scrunch your fingers together <laughs> to hit the keys uh, just to like learn and practice chords and things like that. So who knows? One year from now, maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be an accomplished pianist, but <laughs> that, this purchase is going to be the, the start of that. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for, for responding to those questions. Cool. Okay, awesome. So, Anthony, for those of our listeners who don't know what Charity Water is, can you like briefly explain who you guys are, what you do, and what makes you awesome? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Charity Water is a, a nonprofit that was founded in 2006 with a pretty simple but ambitious mission, which is to end the global water crisis. Um, at the time that Charity Water was founded, that was about 1 billion people in the world that did not have access to clean water. Right now, that number is about 703 million. So uh, we are making progress on that front. Charity Water is... Um, sort of directly responsible, we can say, for about 17 and a half million people as of our last count. But generally, we, we do this by raising funds that go towards water projects in rural communities that lack that access that they need to survive, to thrive. But what's always, what's always kind of stood out about Charity Water are three core principles. One is local partners. Um, so these water projects that we help fund are always led by partners that are based in the areas that we work in, which is mm -hmm. great because rather than having a bunch of Westerners come into, let's say, a community in, in Zimbabwe or Cambodia and say, here's what we think is best, we can right. work with the local experts who know these communities, know where the greatest need is, know what the best solution is, and, and can achieve those solutions in, in ways that are built to last, community-owned. It's great. The other, the other thing I'll, I'll say is our 100% uh, model is something that um, was particularly innovative for the time. I think some nonprofits are, are, are catching up to that now, but from day one, we promised that 100% of all public donations will go towards clean water. So mm -hmm. as a donor, you can give knowing that every cent is going directly to a water project and not going to things like salaries or office costs or, or mm. anything like that. And we've been able to do that because we were with private donors that help to cover those overhead expenses so that you know the average donor that's giving $50 once or $10 every month doesn't need to. Right. Um, and then the last one I'll call out is, um, is transparency is something that's super core to our work, which is why when someone makes a donation, we always follow up to tell them exactly where that money went, what project in what country. Um, we share GPS coordinates, photos, everything like that. Oh, wow. um, so you're never just, you're never just giving to like a, a void and you kind of mm -hmm. don't know where your money ends up going. We really try and follow up on that individual level. That's so cool. That, oh. yes, no, no, I mean, it's, it's cool, but how do you, from technical perspective, let's say <laughs> I went to your website, donated $50, like how do you kind of track, or, like what, what is it, what technology do you use for that? 
Yeah, we have an incredible team of engineers working very closely with our finance team to follow all of that really closely. I wish I could explain the technical details of exactly how that that gets sorted out. But I, you know, Charity Water started with this idea of wanting to reinvent charity. And so that was one of the, the things that was kind of a focus from the very beginning. And, and that's what's incredible to me is that this technology was able to be created, especially mm-hmm. at a time when the organization was like basically our founder and like three or four other people. Um, right. And I love that you like highlighted these three main things because it's basically like the first thing that you see when you like start researching who you guys are, what your mission is. I just like love how clear your proposition is, like what makes you different from like other organization. I like that it's like so clean, so short, and also like the mission statement of your company. I counted the words; it's actually eighteen words long. Charity Water is a non-for-profit organization bringing clean and safe drinking water to people in developing nations 18 words right it's not a lot but no jargon no like marketing words stuff like that it's very to the point it's very easy to understand i just like love how clear and easy to understand it is yeah i think that's what's helped make charity water so successful uh is that you don't really need to explain it you know it's the kind of thing where it's really allowed us to stay kind of laser focused on what exactly we're trying to do it's helped us Mm -hmm. to not get sidetracked or you know when you're talking to charity water or when you're talking to somebody from charity water it's all about clean water and 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 that is it Cool. Anthony, how big is your uh, retention team? So our retention team, so we don't, I'll say we don't have like a formal sort of retention team, mm-hmm. but on our marketing team, we have four-ish people whose I'd say main job is retention. And obviously this maybe goes without saying, but uh, retention, especially at a small nonprofit like, like ours is something that really falls on so many people's plates, even if it's not their responsibility. You know, our product and engineering team is is building a great on-site experience and helping expand mm-hmm. the tools and things that are available to us as, as a marketing team. Our supporter experience team is talking one-on-one with donors. Uh, the person who's running our paid ads is working very closely with us to, you know, help make sure that the leads that we're acquiring are, you know, quote-unquote quality leads that are more likely to stick around. Our creative team's making it all beautiful. Yeah, so... So that's all just to say, it's definitely an org-wide effort, Mm -hmm. but only probably three or four of us that actually have retention in our title. Yeah. And like, how would you say, like, would you say the retention, entire like retention concept is very different in like non-for-profit compared to say e-commerce marketing? Because that's our bread and butter. That's what we know. Yeah. I mean... And, and, and this is another preface. I, I've never worked at, say, like a for-profit organization. So mm-hmm. I can't speak too much from, from that perspective. But just, you know, from what I've observed, I think one of the bigger differences is kind of building that emotional connection is almost more mandatory. Obviously, it's something that can come into play with for-profits, for-profits as well. You know, you're not selling the mattress. You're selling what the mattress represents. <laughs> a good night's sleep so you can spend time with your family and all that, all that sort of stuff. But... I think it's it's kind of more it's kind of what everything that we're doing is sort of built upon um, mm-hmm. because we're not offering a pro- a tangible product um, right. we're offering something that we're asking you to give your money and you're probably not for the most part you're not getting something tangible in in return and so you know we'll always touch on those features like what your reporting experience will be like what type of solution mm-hmm. you might be funding everything like that 
But I think that that emotional piece sort of has to be there first. Um, and it's it's a challenge because uh, obviously you have the not only having to stand out, but you also have to combat apathy and, and cynicism. And, you know, on the flip side, it's also just a really exciting opportunity because it means we get a chance to really be passionate and talk about something that we all genuinely authentically care about and, and, and feel is really important. I see. Well. So in, in, in terms of marketing, uh, is there any particular channels where you put more resources towards like social media, paid ads versus uh, mm-hmm. email marketing or something else? Because what I saw on your website, you are 100% organization that all money that people donate goes 100% to the cause and you're raising funds from private donors for the operations. But mm-hmm. still, you have some kind of marketing budgets that you, work, you need to work with. So do you dedicate your budget mostly to paid ads or like... Uh, just curious, like how do you split the, the, the budget, marketing budget? Yeah, most of the budget does go to paid ads. Definitely sort of the lifeblood of, of the way that we run marketing, the way that we kind of, even on the retention side, keep our lists fresh. So that, that's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, and then when you get more on the retention side, email right now is the channel that we are probably putting the most resourcing hmm. into, um, especially because we know, you know, generally when it comes to email compared to other retention channels, it's relatively lower cost, tends to be more effective with lifetime value, all that sort of stuff. But we are also working right now to stand up and grow our SMS program, kind of move into more of a, being able to offer more of a multi-channel approach that's kind of becoming more and more prevalent. Also, it's starting to feel almost like uh, like mandatory than, than anything at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know. yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I actually read somewhere that 48% of donors, they actually prefer or cite email as they are preferred method of communication from like specifically non-for-profit organizations. I don't know why this channel is like specifically so like successful with like non-for-profit, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it might be partially because it has that uh, like the authority almost status um, and uh, a lot of organizations rely on it because it's so like it's so effective, right? There are the different numbers, like $40 that you spend on, or like $1 that you spend on email marketing brings you like 40 bucks back, which is like really interesting. How do you guys like rely on email marketing specifically to reach the potential uh, customers? Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. We use them interchangeably. It's, it's, I mean, it's super, it's super important. Our email list is, is a mix of, of donors, but also people who just sign up for our mailing list because they want to learn mm-hmm. more. And so as we build out our strategies, um, and every single email within that, we're always considering how that message, that message should be tweaked for a prospective donor versus a current donor. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's obviously there's that segmentation and personalization aspect, but we also really leverage our, our storytelling to nurture our audiences. And it's something that yeah. we we, you know, especially don't want to gate the success stories and, and the wins and stuff to just the people who are already donating. We share stories with non-donors about the communities that we visit and the transformation we see, some of the larger progress that we're making as an organization and a society when it comes to water access. And and so we populate these things in our monthly impact newsletter, in our onboarding series mm-hmm. for prospective donors, um, where we're really working to establish that emotional connection, educate, and of course, build confidence that we're the best organization for them to eventually give their money to. And and that's something that we are, are trying to make, I, I think, even more of a concerted effort within our team to do. Um, and particularly, you know, talking about paid ads being 
be sort of our primary driver, really working more closely with our paid team. Well, in this, in this case, our paid one person who is bringing in folks from all these different channels um, and working with us to kind of tweak the onboarding experiences based mm-hmm. on where that person might be coming from and being able to kind of cater the experience to them. So that way we can more easily convert them to uh, an actual donor somewhere down the line. Yeah, no, the story is such a big part of your like marketing. And what I love about stories that you tell, because I follow a lot of brands, my email, like my newsletter inbox is it's busy, <laughs> but yours always stand out because the story you tell you, you have this like emphasis on like hope and not guilt. You know what I mean? You guys, you're not trying to guilt me into donating money because I live in like a Western country, but you're actually telling this amazing stories of hope, of empowerment, of how your like little donation helped some certain person is in like Uganda to become a leader of her community. And that's what I love about the stories that you tell in your email newsletters. Yeah. In in some ways, it it, it makes my job a bit easier because you're just handed these incredible stories stories that, you know, really don't require, you know, we're quoting people exactly as with, with the things that they're telling us. Um, and, and they're able to just kind of let these, these experiences, these things sort of speak for themselves. And it, mm-hmm. it seems like that on its own is, is a really great way to kind of appeal to people, to people on the more, in the more positive way, as opposed to kind of needing to lead totally. into guilt or, or anything like that. And that's honestly probably my favorite part of, of being able to work here is just being able to take that outlook with everything that we're sharing and not leading, mm-hmm. needing to lean into things that no one likes making people feel bad. Right. <laughs> Anthony, how do you grow your email list? Uh, and do you use any lead magnets to collect people's email or f- and phone numbers versus just don- donations? <laughs> yeah, we do. We do a little bit of that. Um, like I said, most of our of our traffic and, and growth is coming from paid ads, particularly from from social. But we are definitely doing a, a, a bit of that acquisition on our website through through pop ups and lead lead magnets, occasional third party acquisition where you might go onto a website where you can sign a, a pledge to help end the water crisis and you can check a box to also receive charity water emails. Mm. But yeah, in, in, in some of the, the dabbling we've done with lead magnets, and it's definitely been more of that dabbling than kind of full in lately, where we're hoping to do a bit more of that in, in you know, 2024, I guess. But we've definitely seen it work pretty well in the limited times that we have used it. So we created an ebook uh, a while back that we call the World Changers ebook, targeted towards parents, teachers that kind of gave them resources and ways to talk about the water crisis with their children, their students, to basically and kind of teaching empathy, generosity, everything like that. And that's currently what we're running on a lot of pages on our site as a pop up, uh, especially as we saw that do significantly better than when it was just kind of a you know more general add impact to your inbox sort of mm-hmm. thing which didn't do bad but obviously you know when you're able to offer something to someone that that right. has more immediate obvious value it's going to perform better so it wasn't too surprising um but still always great to see uh, why i'm asking <laughs> it's like self-service serving question so mm-hmm. me and vera we both ukrainians and we do volunteer for a ukrainian organization called dignitas ukraine and we of course we did email marketing for them uh, there was a challenge like how 
to ask people to sign up for a newsletter, what kind of lead magnet to give, you know, like there's a war in Ukraine, uh, like, but what, what kind of lead magnets can you provide them for mm-hmm. them to leave the email? And uh, I mean, we, we come up with a lead magnet. It's working. It has four, four to five percent conversion rate, which kind of in e-commerce space is good. But still, I like I'm always wondering how can we do it better? Like what kind of lead magnets non non for profit can do? Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to follow up with you with with what we end up learning. But um, (laughs) I know one one of the things that we're also going to be testing pretty soon is um, just some resources on smarter ways to give. Mm. And so just Mm. kind of going the, the route of we know this is something that you care about. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be on this site and obviously money is something that we all care about and they're trying to be careful with um and kind of appealing to that way to sort of that sense of so it's like five way like five smart smarter ways to give for the cause correct like so sometimes it's money sometimes it's time something it's like or share something on social media stuff like yeah. that and sometimes it, and I, I think with one of the things we're, we're doing we're going to be leaning a bit into legacy giving and mm. the way you can kind of have an impact you know, not to get morbid, but sort of after you're after you're gone, and and even just in sort of the smarter way of the way some of those gifts can affect uh, taxes and, and and things like mm. that ways that can be better. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always subscribe for like this fun little like social media promotions. I remember like back in the day there was this dog shelter. I think they were in Europe, and I didn't even need to subscribe to like a European dog shelter because I was in Canada. They were in Germany. Germany, but they had this like really cute um, like app on their website. So and basically you had to like or the addition on their website, you had to leave your email to see your dog doppelganger. So they were basically like scanning your face and then they were showing you the dog who was your like a dog twin that needed to be like adopted. So that's how, like, I mean, I love this kind of stuff. Like on social media, whenever some charity organization has some like really cool filter or um, some like frame that I could put around my Facebook picture or whatever, I always, I'm like, I'm a sucker for this kind of things. So yeah. Wait, wait, what what was your dog twin? It wasn't cute. (laughs) 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 It was some like mud, some like mix of something. And it was like, and the dog was somewhere in like in Germany. And I like, (laughs) obviously I didn't adopt it, but it was fun. I mean, I'm I'm sure they (laughs) grew their list a lot. The website name was Doggelganger, like doppelganger, but with a dog which I think is super smart. But it was like back in the day, maybe like five years ago. I'm not even sure if they're still around. So yeah. I mean, love that. Yeah. Love the pun. Yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, and it, it reminds me too, we did um, something for, or we do a, an annual World Water Day campaign. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that we did a year ago, or I'm sorry, two years ago now, I guess, is um, this sort of color of dirty water experience. Um, and mm-hmm. so depending on these different, countries, different regions that you go to, dirty water looks different and often will take the form of different colors. And so we had people kind of select a color from, uh, oh, I think we had six different colors. And once you gave your email address, we sent you some more information about where that color is is seen, why it is sort of the way that it is, and then using that to kind of get folks uh-huh. on the list and, and having that that donate action. That was super well received. We got to do some really cool partnerships too. Like we, part, we partnered mm-hmm. with um, Pantone um, when it comes to just all 
of the color stuff. And I love uh, it. Probably I my favorite a- anything that we've done at Charity Water, but definitely on like the lead magnet side was was really cool. Nice. Wow, I nice. love that idea. Like I'm always going for this type of like BuzzFeed quizzes. Like whatever it is, like watercolor, sure. Like what kind of fries you are. I'm in. Disney princess, give me that. But and I mean, it's not just me. I think we are like trained, like our generation. We are trained to be hooked by those tests because that's how we grew up. Anyways, that's my experience. But I love what you've done. Like this is such a cool idea, and it's educational, and you're getting new leads, and you're like collaborating with another big company. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love that for you guys. For the 703 million people who live without clean water, life is incredibly difficult. Women and children spend hours walking for water. Some communities have no choice but to drink from the same source as wild animals or livestock. People often become sick and even die from waterborne diseases. Charity Water is on a mission to change that. And you can help. 100% of your donation will fund clean water. Visit charitywater.org to learn more. You briefly like mentioned that obviously the customer journeys are different for potential donors and for existing donors. Like what what other information do you collect about people, if any? Do you like collect any like zero party data, any information about your potential customers at all? We we don't collect a lot of zero party data. It's something that we've potentially talked about when it comes to expanding our preferences beyond just you know email, SMS, and those sort of categories, and potentially touching on things like what kind of content do you want to receive, what kind of topics do you want uh, mm-hmm. to, to hear more about. But for right now, uh, we're mostly leaning on the data that people give us when they fill out their donation form. So their name, uh, we don't get too detailed with addresses or anything like that, but we will segment around what what state or what country or mm-hmm. something like that that you're in. We'll pay attention to, you know, when are people opening emails? When's the best time to send and sort of personalizing around mm-hmm. that. And then a lot of just sort of behavioral stuff that we have coming through our ESP. Uh, what, what pages are people clicking? How long mm-hmm. are they staying on certain things? To kind of use that as, as a proxy in some ways of uh, right. understanding interest. But relatively, I guess, it, it feels at least relatively minimal compared to what I hear about so many other companies. Maybe not necessarily nonprofits, but... Yeah. I mean, for just to give an example, what we collect in addition to the first name and email, we also collect the language preference because we send uh, emails in both languages like Ukrainian and English. So it's probably the one, I mean, which relevant to us because it, I mean, it wouldn't work for you, uh, but it's important for us because uh, our audience speak sometimes both language or only one language. Uh, by the way, what, what kind of ESP do you use? Just curious. We, we use Interverbal. Interval. Okay. Okay. So, Anthony, do you, what kind of automations, you already mentioned that you use donors onboarding or email automation. What other uh, email automations do you use? Behavioral. Yeah. I mean, beyond sort of the obvious transactional stuff, like your donation receipt, you changed your mm-hmm. settings, you forgot your password. We're mainly using it on the marketing side for upsells and, and, and nurturing. Automation for us is basically, we kind of see it as the foundation of, of our channel. Mm. It's something that we started paying more attention to lately. But, you know, I think it's the kind of thing where the, the way that it ties into personalization and segmentation, it just makes 
your life as an email marketer so much easier because you know when you're talking about personalization it's easy to say yeah we'll we'll deliver the the content that the specific mm-hmm. content that you want every single week but then someone's got to go out and actually write that content and and right. uh, it's a lot to create 5 6 10 different versions of of something every single time and so what i personally love about about email automation is that you can do those things once you can easily put it into a journey and kind of let the data do the work for you from, from mm-hmm. there on out. And so we're starting to do a bit of that with the upsells, um, with nurturing and, and, and even just being able to do some of those more foundational, simple things like celebrating five years of being a monthly donor and oh, um, that's so cool. all these kind of stuff where, yeah, and that, and that can kind of be the foundation. And then we can sort of layer those one off the monthly newsletters, the campaign specific asks and stuff on top mm-hmm. of that. But yeah. Well, uh, when you said upsell, what, what do you, I mean, I know what upsell is, but in terms of in charity, what like to give more or? For the most part, yeah. Base, base, it's based on the value that we see from specific types of, of donations. So uh, it's always a goal of ours to move leads to one-time donors, one-time donors to monthly donors. If we see that people are giving a lot as a one-time or a monthly donor, then maybe we have an upsell for them to consider sponsoring an entire water project, which is sort of a major gift that starts at about $10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so really kind of focusing on kind of moving them along on this like uh, little cohort yeah. exactly uh, I, sorry on this automation topic because i'm very curious do you have something uh, because i'm trying to implement this in uh, in our uh, like non-for-profit but uh, not sure how to do it yet uh, from technical perspective like do you do something like abandonment cart you know in e-commerce you start the checkout process uh, because mm-hmm. like you can start donation but doesn't mean you will finish the donation like donating do you have some kind of automations around that? Yeah, we added something like that about a year and a half ago. And we, we collect email in the first stage of the donation form process. And so Smart. as long as people fill that out, if they exit the process at, I think we're at a three-step process now. So if they leave before they finish up two or three, then we'll send a follow-up email that is pretty soft. We don't frame it as sort of an abandoned cart. At least it wouldn't feel that of course. <laughs> It's more of just mm-hmm. like, hey, we noticed you were on our site and uh wanted to reach out to see if you had any questions, if there's anything that we can help answer for you. By the way, if you feel like you've got all you need and, and you're ready to kind of join us on this mission, here's the donate button um, mm. sort of thing. And we, we've seen it work. It's been one of our better automated revenue drivers, particularly for monthly subscriptions. Nice. 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 Also, what I found uh, again, the last thing about automation, I'm just fascinated about like email automation. Uh, <laughs> the, the, what I found, you probably have this as well. That went back uh, when somebody, let's say, the last donation was like 30 days ago, 45 or 60 days ago, and like to follow up with those people who did not donate second time or third time, and say, hey, this is what happened since the last donation. This is how we use the money here the report and people tends to come back and donate after that email yeah I, it's and i'm actually glad you mentioned that too because that's one of the things that we or at least i really would like to kind of build out even more on on our side of things i think in in the time that i have been at charity water we've mainly focused win back as, as part of our our larger tentpole campaigns um and kind of looking at you know december being the 
most common time for people to give or hmm. when we have our world water day campaign to use that as the here's why you should come back and here's why you should come back right now that's felt a little bit tougher to do with automation because mm-hmm. you know if you're just saying three months after the most recent gift it's a little bit harder to find that like why right this moment in a mm-hmm. way that's not kind of general or a message that they maybe have already heard before when they donated the first time and that's not to say it's impossible i think that's just kind of been the challenge that we've been up against and are hopefully going to be working to solve a bit in the near future because on the automation side to me that's one of the bigger gaps that we have i really love when um some e-commerce brands are automating like loyalty uh programs and i specifically follow this one brand uh they are e-commerce brand uh they are called ten tree they're from vancouver but they are actually uh, like based on like around social responsibility and every time you purchase something from them they plant a tree on your behalf and they have this like really cool achievements level so maybe that's going to be something interesting to you because maybe that's something that could be implemented or maybe you already have it so they have like this different levels of like achievements they have planter do gooder community builder marine maven carbon conqueror and the 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 highest one i think it's the tree searcher or like the other way around well anyway so i'm like at the level four right now and i'm like really motivated to get to my next tier do you guys have any um like loyalty flows or any like loyalty automations, any like achievements unlocked um, kind of automations and stuff like that? We we do have a little bit of um, sort of badge features. Um, I love badges. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll use those every now and then. It's not something that um, I'd say gets a ton of, of views, mostly because we, we have we have them focused on our, our uh, fundraising campaigns, peer to peer fundraising. But besides that, no, I think I think that's something that we've, we've talked about and have wanted to kind of build out uh, a bit more. I mean, we basically we treat our spring members, I'm sorry, our monthly donors, which uh, we call the spring. We love our, our water imagery wordplay at, 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 mm-hmm. at the water. So I think we treat them as, as loyalty members in a lot of ways in terms of offering uh, different perks and things that you wouldn't necessarily get as a as a one-time donor. I love that. But it's not something that we've built into automation too, too much outside of the, the peer-to-peer fundraising. I love that. Anthony, we all love a good success story. Tell us about your favorite campaign or the most successful campaign that you guys have um, have sent Ooh, our most successful i mean i think we we generally always find a lot of success when we're able to get really specific with the things that we're doing and so what i mean by that is i think we've had a lot of success with our end of year giving campaigns the last few years and, and i think a lot of what's driven that has been being able to say help us bring clean water to 60,000 people or Mm -hmm. 200 families and being able to really dive into the the details of how we're working to achieve that. Um, and really kind of showing folks that we like, we're not just, this isn't just a marketing thing. Like we have the numbers, we know exactly how we're going to do this. Um, and have found success there. The, but the, the first story that came to mind, that's, I, I guess a little bit more interesting, at least to me than that is, um, it's something that's, you probably wouldn't put it on the list of like our most successful in term in, in the larger scale of things. But on the email marketing side, this felt like a, a, a really big win, um, even if it's relatively small in terms of, of moving the needle, which is um, 
you know, talking about upsells and everything before we decided to run a, a marketing push that was focused on our monthly donors and asking them to upgrade their monthly amount by $1 if you're in the UK, one pound. And it's, it's not something we had ever done before, um, but we wanted to prioritize it because obviously it's, it's great having the additional monthly recurring mm-hmm. revenue, but from what we've seen with, with our own data, we've seen that even just the action of upgrading and even downgrading is indicative of uh, someone being more likely to stay longer term. Mm. And so interesting. even if we weren't seeing a major boost, it felt worthwhile because maybe it would help those folks to stick around much longer. Mm-hmm. And so we ran this experiment uh, where we tried two very different types of framing. One was sort of the traditional storytelling route that, that we take in a lot of our messaging, um, you know, sharing a story about an individual, a family, a community, and saying, this is what happens when you do this. And we ran that against something that was more, we kept calling it an economic sort of framing, where it was a little bit less focused on that sort of narrative and more about just relating to what our donors are going through in their own lives of we're all feeling the effects of rising costs, inflation, mm. you know, gas prices are going up, there's economic uncertainty. And that's something that is just as much affecting our local partners. Um, and it's getting harder to do the same amount with the money that they have. And so mm-hmm. by sort of collectively everyone upgraded dollar, this kind of thing will help cover that and allow people to go these, these local partners to go further in, in these remote communities. We, we even, we, we polled our, our staff to ask them which option they thought was going to, to perform better. It was somewhat close, but most people thought the traditional sort of storytelling individual focused stuff was going to perform better. Mm-hmm. And the economic messaging performed four times Wow. wow. That's insane. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was absolutely incredible to see. Um, I and it was just, it, I, I, it's the first story I thought of because I think it was just a really nice example of the way that experimentation getting in, in sort of the heads of your donors and what's mm-hmm. going on in their lives, um, can really just make such a, a, a huge difference. Yeah. Same story, just like told from like a different angle. I love how you like change the focus from them to some point to like you as a donor. I've I've never even thought about this angle. That's such a cool story. I love that. Yeah. And, and that's what I love about just all of the, the experimentation that we get to do is like mm-hmm. there's so much focus on optimizing our resources and, and everything like that. But it's crazy just how much of a difference that you can make just from choosing to say these words instead of that word, something that mm. doesn't take much time. But once you know it, it makes such a huge difference. It's powerful. Yeah. So we, most of our clients are in e-commerce space. And for us, the biggest, the biggest date in, in the year is Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Uh, but for in non-for-profit, as far as I know, it's a giving Tuesday, which is right after Cyber Monday. So, um, just curious, how do you approach giving Tuesday and how early do you start your marketing campaigns to prepare people for the giving Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah, we we kind of take a, I guess you would call it a sort of non-traditional approach with Giving Tuesday. Like you said, it's it's the biggest day of the year for charities. It's when they make so, so much of their revenue. Mm-hmm. We actually 
don't really ask people for money on Giving Tuesday. We've, we've done a little bit, but what we just, I think we all personally love to do more and, and what we've seen just get such a great response is taking that time not to ask our supporters, but instead to offer them, to give them something, which has been great because it, it, you know, it helps us really kind of stand out in the inbox when everyone's asking them for, for money. We're mm-hmm. doing the opposite. And I mean, a lot of people end up giving anyway because they, they just love the, you know, the idea and everything that we are doing but yeah what do you give but what do you give <laughs> yeah it'd be really funny if i just mentioned and just didn't actually say it. um <laughs> yeah the, the last uh couple years what we've done is uh we worked we we talked to a lot of our brand partners that we work with to get a whole bunch of different discounts and, and free stuff that we could give to our supporters hmm. um and so it was kind of like here treat yourself obviously black friday just happened here's here's some things to maybe help with the shopping that sort of stuff uh sometimes it's more of a just kind of here's this incredible story that you made possible and so we're not asking you for anything today but we just want to give you thanks for for everything that 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 you've done and those kind of things always get just the biggest responses people love it we still see donations of all different sizes coming in regardless Mm -hmm. um so it's not like we're just like throwing the day away completely um (laughs) for the sake of, of, of of nurturing but yeah it's it's something that feels pretty unique in, in the, the larger sort of charity landscape. And I think not even as a marketer, just personally is something that I just absolutely love that, that we do. Cool. Great. And the last question to wrap up this amazing conversation, Anthony, how do you track the success of um, your campaigns for a non-for-profit? Like what are the main metrics you keep an eye on? How do you define success of your email uh, marketing efforts? Yeah, it, it, it depends on the type of email that we're sending. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, sort of the, the cultivation-driven emails versus the more fundraising-focused emails. And, you know, there's definitely some overlap. But I'd say on the engagement side, the main things that we're looking at are, of course, clicks, unsubscribes. Uh, did they do the thing that we actually wanted them to do? So besides a... Uh, donation ask if we ask them to fill out a survey what percentage did that and looking at that not just in terms of the 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 sort of final number but doing that full funnel analyses of the entire experience from email to page to action to kind of identify where there might be Mm -hmm. uh, weaknesses what's performing well and on the revenue side uh, of course we're looking at donations and conversion rate Uh, but one of the bigger metrics that we've been using the last couple years is uh, revenue per 1,000 email sentence. So being able to kind of standardize it so we don't have to worry too much about how list growth or regression might be impacting the final number. Um, But to be able to sort of standardize it and say, for every 1,000 emails that we send, how much revenue are we getting back from that? Why one thousand? I'm just curious. Why why don't you do the the, like per recipient? Yeah. I'm just curious. You know, I wish I had a good answer for that. I I don't know if we just just love... uh, are round numbers and, and we decide to go with that. Yeah. I think either I of them could work, could work well. Right. It feels, it feels to me like more of just like a, a preference sort of okay. thing. Okay. Um, Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Maybe there are arguments against it, but that, that's kind of my feeling. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. What I also sorry, like sorry learned. Sorry for putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a good question. 
what I also learned from like my little research on non-for-profit, apparently like a lot of non-for-profit organizations, they do keep an eye on the number of customers on their list because their budgets are like so tight. And a lot of ESPs, they make you pay per customer or per email send. So you are even more motivated than say e-commerce store to have your list super clean, to have like super engaged people on your list to like make sure that all of your people are actual people, actual engaged donors and engaged potential donors and not just uh, like bots. Is that true? Is that something that you guys keep in mind when, when working on your list? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think one of the sort of less uh, glamorous parts of, of the job is is also make sure that making sure that your emails are ending up in people's inboxes and not spam and so right let's cleaning all of that stuff is is super important to us because mm -hmm. you know if we don't have that then all obviously all the work that we do just kind of goes straight in the trash um, and so we um, it's something that we do we try to do on an annual basis it's something that I would really like for us to be able to automate at some point it just requires a little bit of uh, some building and mm. you know tooling retooling our systems a little bit for it but yeah definitely definitely important to us cool well, uh, thank you so much, Anthony, for opening our eyes to uh, email marketing for non-for-profit organizations. We are big fans of what you guys are doing. And thank you for answering all of this like nitty-gritty email marketing questions that we had today. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy. Always love talking shop, as the kids say. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening to Email Einstein. Can you feel that? Your marketing brain just got a little bit bigger. We ask that you please use it wisely. You've got all the theory you need to get out there and start boosting your sales. Because great emails equals revenue squared. Just in 2022, we help our e-commerce client generate over 250 millions in revenue through effective email marketing strategy. And now we can help you too. Stop missing out on the potential revenue your email could be generating for your business right now. Take advantage of our free email marketing audit today and let our team help you optimize your email for maximum conversion. Go to florium.com audit and book your audit today. It's F-L-O-W-I-U-M.com slash A-U-D-I-T. Flown.com slash audit.